Let's pick up where we left off last week, the days of heaven. Living the days of heaven on the earth. This is, this, this is our preceding word. This is a word that God's given us to go to the next dimension, the next level. Amen? It's part of the church we see. When you look at this picture here, see the heavens open. See the heavens open. See the angelic up and down. See how the access point is open. Every time you're thinking about the days of heaven, see this picture here. And then see yourself as an agent of change. And why are you an agent of change? Because I can step in and step out. I can be in two places at once. Now, you know when your mother said that, think I'm smart. I can't be in two places at once. You can say, ha ha, I can. I know how to be in two places at once. Because I've got access by the blood of Jesus. Amen. So last week we spoke about the living on the days of living the days of heaven here on the earth and how it's possible to do it. If you get these CDs and put them together, I tell you, these will bring some clarity. In my next uh, time I speak to you, I'm going to show you why God doesn't live in heaven. Why God doesn't not live in heaven. And break the myth and the superstition that God lives in heaven. I'll show you by scripture. God does not live only in heaven. Break some of that old theology you might have had. I didn't have. We saw last week how Jacob, in his powerful encounter with God, how he saw in a dream how the heavens were open. And through a dream, he began to see angels ascending and descending. You said, well, that was a dream. But God was showing him that it's very possible for man to enter into heaven. He was showing him the heavens were open because he was showing Jacob, you can, you can come up here just as easy as I can come down. And Jacob, when he woke up, this is what he said. Surely God was in this place and I never knew it. He had a revelation that God had stepped into his world and he could have stepped into the world of God but didn't know it. We're always waiting for God to step into our world when God says, I created my world so you could live in my world. Now, if I live in you, this is Jesus Christ, then I'm in your world and if you live in me, you're in mine. How easy is that? If I live in you and you live in me, then I live in your world and you live in my world. And we both share each other's world. I've just made that really simple. And if you remain in me, as I remain in you, says John 15, ask. Ask anything. So what he's saying is, is that if you remain in me, the key to staying in the heaven, keeping the heavens open in your life is remaining in Christ. Because if he lives in you and you live in him, and you both live in each other's world, the key, the access point here is remaining. The moment you step out of Christ, you can no longer live in his world. You're left on your own world. And how many of us live in our own world? And Mark chapter 1 verse 9, it says, At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open. Torn open. Get that picture. Ram. Just tearing it open. It's pulsating to get to Jesus. Not that it kindly opened. It's not like electronic doors you see on these stadiums on the roofs when they just kind of go back slowly and then take about two days to open. This thing was torn right open. And straight away, you see, and Jesus was coming up out of the water. He saw heaven torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. And at once the spirit sent him out into the desert. Because when heaven comes upon you, you have to go and fight the kingdom battle. It's not to stay in church. Now we read later on that Jesus went into the desert and he had to face Satan for 40 days. Now, not, not, God's not going to send you into the desert for 40 days to face Satan. That was Jesus' task. But there he was challenged and he overcome the powers of darkness. Amen? 
He overcome. So this highway has got to be kept open. If you remain in me and I remain in you, this highway has got to be kept open. And it's critical for the days of heaven to be lived here on the earth. What people, what Christians want to do in the main, they want to live like they want to live, choosing the things they want to choose, living the way they do, and want to step into church and expect heaven to be here for them when they get here. Now, the problem is this. Watch. I can pray for Carol right now. And heaven can fall on Carol. That's the easy part. That's the easy part. Why? Because I'm operating in a dimension of heaven, and so can you. In this illustration, I'm operating in, in a dimension of heaven that I believe that if heaven is open and I'm remaining in Christ, if I'm remaining in Christ, and all heaven is behind me, the name is behind me, his blood is behind me, I'm walking in the right way, all I have to do is lay hands on the sick and heaven does its work. I didn't have to force heaven. The problem is it's not heaven flowing through me, but can Carol carry heaven outside? If Carol can't carry, that's a lot of C's, isn't it? If Carol can't carry, whew, if my wife can't carry heaven outside, or you can't carry heaven outside based on what you received this morning, then we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. And this is where the problem is because the church doesn't want to take heaven outside. It wants to stay inside where it's nice and warm and safe and where it's experience only. But in order for the kingdom to advance, it has to be carried outside of church. And it's carried outside in you. It's easy when the pastor's bringing it down. It's easy when mother and father go shopping Buy the food, bring it home, cook it, present it to the kids. True? All the hard work's done. All the kid has to do is eat it. And boy, doesn't the kid think that's a big deal? The kid thinks it's a big deal. But the kid doesn't realize all the work that's gone into that. Just so that you can... And then what do they do? They go and compare what you're bringing and putting in front of them with McDonald's or Pizza Hut, or whatever their fast food franchise likes are. Can't we have this? No, you're having that. Well, I don't want that. And then you have to use earthly authority to get it down the neck. True? Do you know your Heavenly Father doesn't play that game? He does not play that game. Whosoever will. If you want to eat it, if you don't want it, you don't have to have it. It won't force it down your neck. And then we have spiritual health issues because people want fast food. But the heavens were torn open. And from that time, it says Jesus came from Galilee. From that time, he went from, came from Nazareth to Galilee, in Galilee, sorry, and was baptized. You see... Part of heaven coming on our, on our lives, we must be going from, heaven must be taking us from a place to a place. Some people are going nowhere. Heaven's got to take us from one state to another. This is the sign of heaven moving over our life. It must take you from darkness to light. And then not only is it taking you from darkness to light, that's just to start, that's introduction. It must then take you from glory to glory. There must be some dimension operating in your life right now. God must be aligning you, adjust, adjusting you, so he can keep approving you. Now, if you're not going from, if you're not being taken from one place to somewhere, then you seriously have to ask yourself, what am I doing with my Christianity? What am I doing or what am I not doing with my Christianity? You must be going from to. That is the Christian life. Paul says we are, we are going from glory to glory. And every level of glory needs an alignment, an adjustment, so it can be approved inside you. You understand this? So Jesus was going from, he, Jesus came from heaven. From heaven, he came from the Father, right? 
Hang on, I thought you said don't live in heaven. Don't confuse what I'm saying today. Greater unfolding will come. Jesus went from his father, came to the earth. From the earth, he goes to Galilee. From Galilee, he steps in the water. That's just part of his journey. From there, he goes to the cross. From the cross, he goes back with his father. From his father, I said, from there, he goes back, he goes to hell, defeats hell. Then he comes back to the earth. And then he goes, he ascends to the father and where he sat on the throne. And he'll come back again. Right? So Jesus is still going from to. Yes? We must be going from. It's no use keep telling people, and we've covered this in Authentic Sonship, it's no use saying, I got saved, and that's your testimony. Our testimony is much more than that. It's ongoing. We looked at that in, in our Authentic. We made that clear to us. We've got to work it out. We've got to consider. We've got to conclude. We've got to, com- we've got to pursue with full conviction until we become fully convinced. Do you remember that? The four C's. And as Jesus was baptized, sorry, and, and Jesus was baptized by John. In other words, Jesus, John wanted to, be, wanted to be baptized by Jesus, but Jesus had to say, John, no, it's right for me to fulfill heaven and fulfill the law of righteousness. I have to let you baptize me. And we said last week, some of us need to be baptized. Why? Because it's a command of heaven. If we want the heavens to come on us and we want our old life, to, we want to kiss our old life goodbye and say, you will no longer plague me anymore. You will no longer become my reminder. You will no longer become my teacher. You will no longer become my hindrance. You will no longer become my limitation. You will no longer become my containment. If I want to say goodbye to that past life, then baptism is the symbol that says goodbye. But when you come out the water... It's a symbol of I'm embracing my new life. And I've said goodbye to all my old desires, my carnal living. And I'm embracing the way of righteousness. But please don't ever do these things if you're not ready to go to the next level. Because when Jesus saved you, he took you from the guttermost to the uttermost. Now, between the gutter and the utter is a journey. Amen? But at the moment we stop, heaven stops. Heaven stops. I can only be the man I am today because I've progressed and I've kept on going. Just like many of you. In fact, many of you have been Christians longer than I have. So Jesus was baptized by John in total obedience. We must still be baptized by heaven by total obedience. Every time I I allow heaven to align me, and adjust me, he baptizes me afresh. I get a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. Approval gives you a fresh, excuse me, approval gives you a fresh baptism. It does. The Spirit fell on him like a dove. When we live the days of heaven here on earth, the Spirit begins to descend upon you more and more. More and more. You get stronger and stronger, more and more powerful, the more you remain in the vine. How many of you realize that with your life? The more you go from to, the more you allow heaven to fall upon you, this is what will happen. The the clearer you'll hear the Father speak to you. The more you let those things, the clearer the voice of God will become clearer inside of your life. Some of you don't agree with it. Tell you what, I'll buy you lunch if you can prove me wrong. The voice of the Father speaks from heaven about the Son. I really do believe that it's time for the Father to start speaking to us afresh about his Son. really is. Rather than just touching what I'm going to say, rather than just want to pursue the realm of the Spirit, nothing wrong with that, on its, you know, but on its own it's not right. We must hear what the Father's got to say about his own Son. We must, because the Spirit enforces what the Father's doing. But the moment we just want to drag the spirit away from his father, the father cannot set the son inside us. Charismatics have dragged, have separated the spirit 
away from the Son and the Father. And because of that, they don't know the Christ. And they can't operate in heaven, the laws of heaven, because they haven't got the Christ built into them. And what the heaven is doing is bringing the church back to the centrality because the Father wants to speak afresh about his Son. And the Spirit will bring a realignment of what the Father says. This is why, this is why when heaven opens, we must hear the voice of God. There must be a voice that becomes really clear on the inside. We can't be confused because heaven is not confused and God is not confused. If you don't know God's voice, you will be paralyzed. You know, you know what it's like? It's like having a car and you don't know how to start the engine. Now, you think, well, starting an engine's easy. Is it? Is it really? On the modern cars, the ignition's gone missing. You shove a card in it. Have you seen them? You put a card. When we were in Spain, we put a card in it and that started the engine. And then you put your foot on the clutch and it starts the engine. It's not, a, I'm thinking, where is it? Now, if you go to an American, some of those American cars and the way they have the gear shifts on the column, you don't know how it works. You stay put. I remember being with Colin. 20 minutes we're in his car. We didn't know where the ignition was. We had to get the guy out of rent a car to come and show us. Oh, oh, the handbrake. Yeah, we didn't know where the handbrake was. So we could start it, but we couldn't, get the, we couldn't get the thing moving. It sounds simple if you just give me a key and an ignition. And I know that. I've got the technology for that. But when you start putting cards in it and retina displays and all that James Bond kind of stuff, you're thinking, what happened to just turn and move? It's called upgrade. It's called progression. It's called confusion. Yeah? Everything's got to have a diagnostic now before it works. The old day, flip up the bonnet, take the bulb out. No, 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 no. That's got to charge away. We've got to charge illegally, charge away under quid to do that. It's called technology and progression. Heaven, aren't you glad? Heaven works a lot simpler than that. The voice must speak. Start your engine. Yeah? Put, have you put the key in the ignition? Yes. Have you turned it to the right? Well, I was in Europe, I thought you turned it to the left. Voice commands come from heaven. This is my son. He's not my son, but he is. In whom I'm well pleased. In other words, heaven's backing him. Listen to him. Why? Because he carries everything that we are. He does, the Son. And who the Son sets free, right. Why? Because when the Son speaks, he's got his Father's voice and the Holy Ghost's voice behind it. That's why it's the highest authority. We must hear what the Father is saying about his Son again. This is bringing us back to the centrality of Christ. Because church has become so many things to so many people that we've lost Christ in the church. I know you don't believe that, but it's true. Go and look around the world. Christ is the last person who turns up because we've replaced him by ritual. We've replaced him by tradition. We've replaced him by music. We've replaced him by fellowship. We've replaced him so many ways. We've told him how long we can run church, what he can and what he can't say. We've told him what he can and what he can't do. And now we call it church. Jesus is the last person who's allowed to come to his own church. Why? Because we've built a house we want and not a house that he said he was building. You can't find Christ in every church. But you can find people. You can find meetings. You can find music. But you can't always find Christ. He's the one that makes the difference. A church without Christ is just, it's just a, a community group. That's all it is. It's the Christ that makes it a church, a Christ-centered church. And, and you know what? The thing is, is the strange thing. Everyone who runs church will tell you their church is Christ. They will. Well, well, and then they'll give you the Greek word for it. I've got a Greek word, rubbish. Rubbish. That's it. When these people are a special kind of stupid... 
You know, they're stupid and they're especially kind of stupid. It's amazing games people play. But you know, your natural life, your natural life on its own needs the overshadowing of heaven. I've tried it on, in Tony. I've tried Tony. Tony's natural ability only gets Tony so far. No, yeah, in trouble, exactly. Tony's natural ability got Tony in trouble. But God's overshadowing got me out of trouble. Keeps me out of trouble. And the trouble I get in now is a special kind of trouble. Just as there's a special kind of stupid, there's a special kind of trouble. It's the trouble that heaven's, heaven creates for you. Every, every Christian will have trials and temptations. Every Christian will have, but these are special. They're set up. Why? Because these are the things that align you and adjust you and approve you. Amen? So we need the overshadowing of heaven. That's a good place to start. Lord, I've tried it on my own. I tried it on my own. You know, this girl, I keep telling you about this girl I witness to every time I go and get my coffee in the morning, Katie. She asked me a thousand questions. She's waiting for me every morning. And I love going into the shop and I love just talking to her. Just this young girl. She's so open with me. And she keeps saying, what? You're going to, I tell them we're going to Switzerland. What are you talking about God? What you get, what people want to hear about God? I said, Katie, don't knock it until you've tried it. Oh, I'm not knocking it. Not knocking it. I'm just intrigued by it. So I keep saying, well, I'll see you in church one Sunday, won't I? Which church is it? My father lives at the back here. So I said, yeah, it's not a church. Yeah, it don't look like a church, does it? No. I said, when you get inside, it doesn't look like a church. But I said, but it sure is one. And, and this girl is open to, to this. She's realizing that this life that stood before her, there's something different about me. And she keeps telling, you don't look like one of those ministers. And I take that as a compliment. I take that as a great compliment. Because most of those guys got buck teeth, collars, Darth Vader uniform, you know, the force will be with you. All that kind of stuff. So she's seen a difference in me. And it's good. Do you remember the Dick Emery sketch? <coughs> Moving on. <laughs> Heaven must overshadow us. It is a basic requirement. Of being a Christian. So let me give you a few pointers because we'll be out of here soon. If you want to live the days on heaven of heaven here on the earth, you must, you must, you must find access to God so that God can have access to you. If you want to live the days of heaven here on the earth, you must find access to God so God can have access to you. You must. You must find a point, a meeting place where you can get access to God. So then God will always have access to you. If you don't find that point, that place, you'll ne God will never have access to you because God wants access to you. One of the hardest things, and yet it's the easiest thing, but the hardest thing at first is to hear the voice of God, to recognize the voice of God and how he speaks. Now, if you came to Authentic Sonship, you'll get this training. And in that, in that, in that, it will not just be teaching, there'll be workshops. <laughs> because that's not something just to be taught, that's something to be actioned. So we'll get, the clip, we'll get the pathways clear so you can hear God. I can guarantee, I'll guarantee you, and if I'm wrong, you can, I'll buy you a meal. I guarantee you that if I'm wrong on hearing God and how easy it is, then I'm a liar. Carol, I can make these statements though because I'm, not, they're never gonna, I'm never gonna have to pay her for a meal. <laughs> Mama Marie. Oh, no, 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 I'll find other ways they can treat me. <laughs> no, there's no kingdom enlargement going on here. This is just staying as it is. Stallionitis. Stay as it is. We're working on this outfield. It's called kingdom decrease, not increase. Kingdom decrease. The issue is, is if we can create the pathway in the spirit for you to hear the voice of God, you set up for life. You set up for life. Once you can hear this voice on the inside of you, you can say, just as I can say to you, I 
God said this. And then we can go to scripture to see if what you're saying is right. Just because you can hear, whoop de do. It still has to be measured. But let's get the hearing first. Then we'll do the measuring second. Is that okay? Some people say, well, I can hear God. Why do I need you? Long question. Go and hear him again. You see, everybody wants access to Jesus. The crowds pushed into him. The crowds pushed into him. But how much access does heaven have of you? Heaven wanted to come into a lot of places on earth, but, heaven, but the earth was closed. Couldn't get in. Couldn't find room in the inn. But if, if you can create a place, a time, daily, weekly, where you can get access to God, I guarantee God will always have access to you. Always. Always. New pathways must open up for you. New pathways must open up in the spirit for you. So all of heaven can flow through you and speak to you. And bless you on the earth. If you want to live the days of heaven here on the earth, you ready for this? Then you must, you must become obedient to the last word heaven spoke to you. If you want to become obedient, if, sorry, if you want to live the days of heaven here on the earth, you must become obedient to the last word God spoke to you. I don't care if you backslid 20 years. When you backslide and walk away from God when, God, when you come back to God and God speaks, it's as if God put the tape recorder on pause. God doesn't have anything new. He just carries on where we left off. That's God. Hello? Why? Because your life, God's moved on. The church has moved on, but you stayed God just all of a sudden now, wave, wave it goodbye, he picks up from where he last left off. Because what was wrong, what was going on in you then, is still going on in you now. This is another mistake that church make. They just creep back in again and try and pick up. You can't do it. Oh, the church will accept you. You can raise your hands again and start worshiping again and attend the meetings, the mechanics, and can tell, and tell yourself, I'm back here. But you're still not back in the position that you left. You're back, in, you're back in the fold, but you're not back in position. This is so important. And because people don't go back to the last word, they don't really move on, even though they're back in the house. Someone has an affair. They leave, they come back in, never got restored. Just think because they came back in, they're back, to, they're, back, they're back now. No, you're back in the church, but you ain't back. Because what was broke is still broke. It's true. Your kids leave home under a cloud, come back time later, and the cloud's there. Don't you know that as a parent straight away? You know the cloud's still there. And what you say, he's no different. So guess what? He still doesn't, he can't move on in your heart until he puts some things right. You still didn't say you're sorry to your mother. You still didn't say what you did was wrong to your father. Put it right and you get accelerated. As soon as you put it right, you get accelerated. So... In 2 Timothy 3, 7, it says this about these people, about two people called Janus and Jamberes. It says, always learning, but they never came to the acknowledgement, to the knowledge of the truth. Wow. How many Christians do we have that? Always learning. But they never come to the knowledge of the truth. Nothing ever changes. You can find them in church week in and week out. They even bring the Bible. It's amazing. Learning. Taking notes. But they never come to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, what does that mean? They never come to the position that the teaching talks about. That's what it means. They never come to, to work and operate in the principles of what they've been taught. That's what it's saying. Not just knowledge, it's the application of knowledge. The position that knowledge speaks about. 
So you talk about faith, they never come to faith. You talk about giving, they never give. You talk about serving, they never serve. Always hearing, but never come to. Go back to what Jesus went from to. They hear, but they never upgrade. They never upgrade. Now, I know I'm not talking to anybody like that in a room. But no, our church is different. Because we're a church with a difference. The only trouble is not everybody in it is different. Now, we know that, don't we? Of course we do. Well, I'm letting you know you've been found out. We know. We all like that from time to time. It's okay from time to time. Just don't let it always be time. Go from two. So always learning, always able, but never able to acknowledge the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these men oppose the truth. Men of depraved minds who are far as the faith is concerned are rejected. Woo. As far as the faith is concerned, you're gone. <laughs> you're gone. And Zechariah says this. Zechariah chapter 7, it's in the Old Testament. Have you, ever, have you ever wondered when you hear the when you read in the Bible, and the word of the Lord came again? And the word of the Lord came again. Why? Because the principle of living the days of heaven on earth is to God's to taking us back to the word. God's taken us back to the word that he spoke so that we can be realigned, adjusted, and approved. So God's merciful to us, so he speaks to it again and again. But then there comes a cutoff point. There comes a point when he says, okay, you keep ignoring me. I can't speak to you in this area anymore. God will speak to you in other areas, but in that area, you're gone. And that's the deception that we all fall into because we think God speaks to us in other areas. God's okay with it. No. It just means that's one area. That could be a key area stopping your acceleration. Somebody need to hear me this morning. That could be a key area, but because you shut it down and don't let go. Let's just say there's unforgiveness towards your spouse. Right? Let's just say... Because I know no one in here fights with the, with the, the partners. and Because I know you pray and speak holy words. I know I've heard, God's heard you speaking in tongues and he didn't like the language. So, I, so let's just say you've got unforgiveness. Now how many of you know unforgiveness is the one thing that heaven says you cannot have? So let's just say God keeps ministering to us about unforgiveness. And we keep hearing it and say, yeah, I know, but I don't like him. Or I don't like her, and I'm not forgiving her, because what they did was wrong. Yeah, okay, let it go. I can't let it go. Some people, sorry is not enough. So let's just say you're one of those people, and then you pray. How many of you know that when you pray, the heavens is not listening? Your Bible tells you that. Your Bible tells you that heaven does not listen to you. Closed. It's open to everybody else, but not to you, because unforgiveness... Because when you read the scripture about thy kingdom come, thy will be done, da-da-da, carry on. And then it talks about forgiveness. And if you don't forgive, your heavenly father cannot forgive you. So in the kingdom prayer that we read, the last part of that prayer is about forgiveness. True? And then the, last, the other part about forgiveness is when, which the faith preachers have used about giving money. Is pressed down, shaken up, rolling over. It's nothing to do with money. That's about forgiveness. When you give forgiveness, it's like something's poured into your, li into your life. It's pressed down and it's measured and it's beautiful. It's not nothing to do with money. But they hear the word give. So they just, they just use the word give and it means money. No, it doesn't. It means forgiveness. Read the context. So if we don't forgive, then heaven cannot listen and forgive us. So let's just say... You go dead in that area, but you, you then kind of shut it out and you try and progress in other areas. You can be in the church 20 years and until one day God comes in with a preacher, God will bring in and he starts speaking and a word of knowledge and say, you've never forgiven your husband. God says, today you better forgive him. 20 years of your life's gone by. You were still in church, you were still raising hands, but you still hated your husband or your partner. 
until one day heaven says, today is the day we're going to sort it out or you're gone. That was mercy. God let you go for 20 years. 20 years. How do I know that? Seven years I had with my dad. God allowed me still to preach in front of you, knowing I unforgiveness in my own heart towards my father. And they see, we've got every earthly reason not to forgive. But there's only one reason that outstrips every other reason. Heaven says do it. Why? Because while well, you're not forgiving people, you're the one suffering. You're the one suffering. Because the person is not thinking about you one iota, but you're thinking about them every day. And what they've done to you, and what they've done to those around you, eats you up every day. And God says, it's not good for your life. But oh, I sure feel good because I keep hold of it and I have an excuse. Yeah, it'll, put you, it'll send you to your grave. Now, you know, I know that because I've come on the other side. But it's a great, it's a great, beautiful day when you say, I forgive, I release, I let go. wanted to smack the face in. I wanted to take a baseball bat and give him seven of the best. God says, I know you did, son. They wanted to do it with me. They did it to me, and I could have easily done it to them. They put me on a cross, son. Yeah, you did, Lord. They beat me. They ridiculed me. They cast lots over my garments. Tony, they haven't done that to you. No. Son, if we're going to learn Christianity, the greatest way to disarm your enemy is to forgive him and love him. But Lord, I don't want. He says, I know you don't want, but we can. Can we do it? Yes, we can. We can do it in Christ. It's not easy. There will be tears before bedtime. Right? There will be tears. There will be tears. But there'll be healing. And to be on the other side is a beautiful, beautiful forgiveness. It's a beautiful remedy. Should I say it's a beautiful position. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a beautiful position to be on the other side and say, I'm past it. I can look at certain things and think, you know what? It doesn't hold me anymore. But it's a process. It's a process and it starts with God's word. The world would be a better place. If you want to live the days of heaven on earth, then desire an incredible testimony of Christ so that your life becomes a present witness. We're not going to Zechariah now. Sorry, I've looked at time. I just have to move on. If you want to live the days of heaven here on the earth, then desire an incredible testimony of Christ, of Christ's life so that you can live, so that your life can become a present witness. Revelation 6, 9, and with this, we've got two scriptures and we're finishing. You know, the Revelation talks about the dragon. The dragon. Yeah? But notice in Revelation chapter 6, verse 9, the dragon had no hold on the, the Christians. Those who carried the testimony of Christ upon their lives, the dragon could not touch. Though it harassed them, it could not touch them. But how many ministries carry just ministry without Christ, but they seem harassed? Revelation 6, 9 says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. So these guys suffered because of the testimony that was in their life. There is a set number of people that God has allowed to become martyrs. I'll, I'll show you the scripture in a minute. Standing for Christ in an environment can sometimes be the most difficult thing to do. This is why you need heaven overshadowing you. You have no idea of where, how God can use your life until he starts using it. We, last, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was telling uh, our group on Tuesday, uh, Thursday, we have a lady in our network called June. And June's a missionary, and I've looked at June many years and just thought, yeah, you're just an average woman, without being disrespectful to her. And then in our conference in Malaysia, she began to, she shared, and she began to tell her story of how God was using her. Now, this is a single lady, what, she in about 40s? 40s? And she says, I want to go to all the worst places in the earth. Now, this is an American. Normally, Americans like nice hotels. 
She says, I want to go to the worst places. So she'll go to Beirut. She'll go to Iraq. She'll go to the most vicious places on the earth. Why? Because she just wants to bring the message of this kingdom and the days of heaven on earth. So Jonathan Davis said, June, I'm concerned for you. So I want you to come off the field and I want you to go and visit some of the Isaac churches. That's our churches in the network. And I want you to stay safe for a while. So she did it. And she went, Papa, it's just not me. I don't want to stay safe. I want to go into all the, the, te the territories that nobody wants to go. Because I'm like a piggy muck. That's when I rise. And then so she goes into Mexico. And she begins to start speaking what she's heard Jonathan David teach. So she carries the same message. She speaks... The whole nation's opened up. Literally, politicians are lining up. She's now got a voice into the government. This is a woman who will not be contained, doesn't want to play safe, wants the days of heaven pulsating on her life. She's 40 years of age. It'd be easy. Settle down, June. Have a family. Do what everybody else does. This would be so easy for her to do this. But she's obeying the call of God upon her life, and she will not settle for being comfort, you know, being a comfort zone. Now, that's June's calling. That's not necessarily everybody else. I'm not saying leave tomorrow, get to Mexico, have the stuffing knocked out of you. I'm not advocating that at all. If you do, bring me a burrito back. But in Revelation 12, 11, it says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, listen, and by the word of their testimony. In other words, they let their talk became the walk and the walk backed up the talk they had actions what we've got is talk but we don't have to walk and they did not love their lives so much so as to shrink shrink back from death you read that listen they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony so what are you overcoming by your testimony is your sickness, are you going to overcome your sickness by your testimony? Are you going to overcome your financial difficulty by your testimony and by the word? Are you going to overcome your unforgiveness towards somebody by the word and by the testimony of that word? You need a testimony. You will not overcome unless you don't use the word. Your word must create for you a testimony. You must be overcoming something. You must be overcoming something in your life so that you can be approved. And if you've got these things that we're talking about, unforgiveness or whatever it is, this is God now using whatever's in your heart, your life right now, he's using it as an opportunity for you to grow. It's, yeah, it's God-given. Did God create it? No, but it's a God-given opportunity. Opportunity to forgive, to grow, to learn something about your heavenly father. And how he deals with this stuff. If you deal with it in the natural, you'll deal with it in the natural. And you have to face the natural consequences. But when you deal with it the way your father tells you, you get a testimony. And you go up to the next level. Now this level from that level seems, long, uh, seems a, a bridge too high. Too far, I should say. Step too high, whatever analogy you want to use. But this could be even bigger. Than, oh, well. But guess what? If you have no testimony at this level, you'll never attempt that level. You've got to start here. Because when I see my granddaughter come in, this is a big step for her. She runs, she's got all the energy, and she hits this step, and in, boom, flat on her face. And it's okay to get it flat on your face. Because we straighten her up, we hold her hand, and she finds it a lot easier when you straighten her up and hold her hand. And she's got courage and strength to go to the next level. Now when she gets to this, it's up to her chest. But she'll grow. And there'll come a time when strength and stature enter into her, when she'll see that not as a problem. Why? Because she can look back and say, I overcame this. If I can overcome this, that's not a problem. I know my God can do this. I've seen him do it before. But when you've got no, when you've got nothing, and you've got your little wish, your, you know, have you seen on the internet? People sit, do it all the time. It drives me crazy. The little sentiment cards. Jesus is this and Jesus is that. 
get a life. You can't live a Christian life by sentiment. By the word. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. Not by fridge magnets. Telling you to smile today, everything will be going. No, it won't. It's a lie. The guy got your money and he's laughing at you. Well, I just need encouraging. Read the word. Well, I find it. I find it. I find it. What do you mean? No, find it. There's every reason. And they overcame. Let's stand to our feet, please. And they overcame. So the challenge for us this week, if we're going to live the days of heaven on earth, what are we willing to overcome? What are we willing to overcome? I ain't even got anywhere near what I was wanting to say, but that's okay, heaven speaking. What are we willing to overcome? Pat, you have to overcome setbacks before you get your breakthrough. That's if healing hasn't come to you already. Disappointment is amazing. Disappointment is powerful. You've had disappointment, you know how, how it can knock you back. But we've got to overcome. You know, the truth is, guys, we're not all here today. But we've all had to overcome something. We got here somehow, didn't we? We've managed this far. But the journey ahead needs more grace, more wisdom, more favor, deeper relationship with Christ. Because we can't get to this next level with only having this level stature and word in us. You know that? You can't do it. Though that you can always see that's in front of you, you'll never get to it until you overcome this. The first step. You've got to take the first step of faith so that you can take the second step and the third. Right? Just see this. Every time you walk in this church, see this. This is my first testimony I have to build. And now some of you want to get on the platform and preach. Well, guess what? There's a few steps before you do that. A few steps. You know, so some people try to come because they can't pick up this step. They can't do this one because it's too big. So they go around and pick. They want the easy way. You can't have the easy way. Now that step is there to make it easy and less burdensome and, and less trouble for you. As you get older, you want the easy steps, don't you not? If we run with all his energy, we've got strength to stand on here. See, that's because I'm a stallion. I can stand. Now if there's a next one. We keep going and going and going and going. That's what we've got to do. But it starts with that first one. So whatever your obstacle is. See how easy it is? Coming down is easy. It's getting up is the hard part. So what are you willing to overcome? Raise your hands to the heavens if you will. You're speaking to your father, not to me. You know the, you know the obstacles. I don't have to tell you. I've just reminded you. What are you willing to overcome? What's first step, first stages will you overcome? You're going to overcome him by the blood and by the word of your testimony. So the enemy can no longer harass you. The enemy harasses you because you take steps. When you do willing to take the steps, it's amazing how fast you can get away from him. So just before the Lord, talk to him right now and say, Father... I'm not going to shut the voice of the Holy Spirit out like I've done past. If you're new into this thing, but you feel what's been said this morning very much applies to your situation, is the best way. We've already read the principle this morning. Today and this week, you must find room and get access to God so God can have access to you. And when you pray, let God Begin to cleanse your heart. Read the scriptures. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you. And the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. And as you read, you say, okay, Lord, if I understand this right, I need to do this. Then do it. Trust the Holy Ghost. Trust the Holy Spirit. You might need to confine in someone to get the wisdom of how to do it. But do it. Come into agreement with what God is showing you. Even though you don't feel like it, you know what you should be doing. Come into agreement with that. Don't trust your emotions. Learn to operate by the role of your spirit. You know what's right. But you don't feel you want to do it. That's now your emotions. 
but you know what to do is, is right, what I should do, what I ought to do. Right, that's the voice of the Spirit. Speaking to your conscience. Do it. For those who know the voice of God, but have been reminded this morning, right now before heaven, say, Lord, you're on my case. Heaven will not let go. Lord, today I submit before heaven those things that are hindering my walk with you. And Lord, I choose to remain in you. So prune the branches that does not bear fruit. You've got to let the Holy Spirit do this. Let him prune the branches that does not bear fruit so that you can bear fruit and got an accelerate in your life. You have to let him do this, church, or it's not going to be done unless you let him do it. You may need to talk with others. In fact, you probably will need to talk to someone and let them take you through the steps. Holy Ghost, right now, we started this day, oh God, by inviting you in. The challenge is now, oh God, is to carry you out. To take you out of this place. Today, Lord, we, can't, we choose to take you out. We do not leave you here. We are taking you out into the world. Today, tomorrow, all, the, all this new week, oh God, should you give us breath in our body to live this week, Lord, we will find the access point so you can have access to us. We will pursue this access point this week, oh God, believing, oh God, that heaven wants to have access to us so we can, we can grow in Jesus' holy name. Now, just say, Lord, I will do it this week. I will find the access point. I will find the access point this week, oh God. I'm coming for you this week. I will establish it on earth, oh God. I'll establish the portal on the earth, oh God, in my heart. I will find it. I will find it by God's help, by God's wisdom, by God's grace. I will find the access point this week. Come on, come on, just say, Lord, I will do it. Let him know. I will find you, oh God, this week. I will seek you. I will find you. It's not, it's not hide and seek. God's not hiding. But it is a question of seeking. Lord, I will seek you and I will find, be found by you. That is the promise of the scripture. That those who seek me will be found by me, declares the sovereign Lord. Those who seek me will be found. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will seek God. In Jesus' name. Amen. And the people of God said, the Lord bless you.